And I'm thankful for the Lord this morning. Thankful for the Lord. God's good to us today. So while you're standing, uh, John chapter 12 and verse 9 through 11, we have continually through these lessons, and this will be the last lesson in this series, uh, went back and referenced uh, Lazarus and his family. And um, last week we talked uh, about Mary's posture of worship. And we started out with making sure we have a place for Jesus, not just here, but um, in our lives, in our home. And then uh, we must believe the Lord to experience the resurrection life that Jesus brings. And of course, last week we must be willing to sacrifice or worship sacrificially about Mary breaking open the very expensive bottle of ointment to anoint his feet. And then today, uh, we're going to talk about the testimony. And so we go from working on ourselves with a place for him, believing and worshiping to reaching others, because ultimately that's what he saved us for. Believe it or not, he didn't save you just to save you. He invested in us. He, we're, we're a purchase that he knew uh, could be used. A, a vessel is something to be used. And we have a treasure in earthen vessels. And, and God wants to use us past our new birth experience. Right. There's nothing more important for us as individuals than to be born again. And if we're not born again, we cannot enter into the kingdom. We know that. But because we have been born again and now had that access, we can point others to that way as well. John chapter 12, we'll, find, we'll go back to that dinner party that they were having for, for Jesus where Mary came in to anoint his feet. And it says, Much people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there. And they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priest consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death because that by reason of him, many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. And so today we're going to talk about the, the power of this testimony, the testimony. And if we want others to experience this resurrection life that Jesus brings, we must openly share our testimony. We can't hide once Jesus has done something for us. Let's lift our hands and pray for the lesson this morning. Lord, we love you this morning. So thankful for what you've done in our lives. What a miracle, God, that you've done, transformed us, made us new creatures. And Lord, I pray today, God, you'll help us to understand it in your word. Lord, that we can be better. God, that we could just do what you want us to do. Reach this world with the gospel at any cost. Lord, we love you today. Help us now in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap and a shout before you're seated. Hallelujah. Anybody got a testimony? Anybody got a testimony? Thank the Lord for having that, that testimony. Praise God. That... There's a story of a man uh, back in 1949. I didn't know him. I wasn't alive. His name was John Currier. John Currier was convicted of murder, and he was sentenced to life in prison. And living with that new bleak reality, he was uh, very pleased when they came to him and they said, we'll let you out of this prison cell and you can work on the farm uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. You won't be in prison. You'll still be incarcerated. You're still guilty, but we're not going to make you stay in this cell, but this farm needs people to work it, and so that will be what you will do if you leave this farm, try to escape, go anywhere else, that's it. New warrants will be put out, and it'll be worse on you. We'll double your sentence. You'll be back in there. Uh, it, it's just not going to work, so... Uh, there he was, no physical walls, no jail cell, but he was still a prisoner working uh, 
all these years just as if he had been in a cell. In 1968, his sentence was terminated. And a letter that bared the good news that he was a free man was sent to him. However, John never received or saw the letter. In fact, no one ever told him anything about it. Now, whether it was because they had free help and didn't want to have to let him go, I don't know, but he never got the letter. He worked day after day around that farm without any knowledge that he was free to leave at his pleasure. Ten years later, a state parole officer learned of his circumstances, drove out to the farm, told the wonderful news to Courier. So think about how he felt when he heard he was free, but then think about how he felt after he realized, I've been free for 10 years and never knew it. A man who wrote, uh, relates this account, there's a book called The No Guilt Guide to Witnessing. He asked this question, would it matter to you if someone sent you an important message, the most important in your life, and year after year that urgent message was never delivered? But we, the church, the saints, those that have uh, been called out of darkness into the marvelous light, we have received the notice of our resurrected life in Christ. And now we have a profound privilege and responsibility. Our mission is to share willingly the generous uh, and generously the testimony of Jesus and what he has done for us uh, with others that don't know about this good news yet. They don't understand. They don't realize that it's out there. They could be free if somebody would just tell them about the letter, if somebody would just tell them about the Savior, about what he's done. This message has got to be delivered. Jesus, again, he did not save you and I just to save you and I. No, he, he knows that it's going to take a church full of people to reach this world. We are commissioned. I, it's amazing how many people talk, well, I love where he talks about the Great Commission, but we have uh, yet to take it up. We've got to tell people about Jesus. We cannot let billboards take the place. Come on, somebody. It, see, it's easier for us to, we can't just let postings on our social media pages and on our web pages take the place of of the testimony of Jesus coming out of our mouth. You know, instead of us inviting, we're like, well, if go to, my, go to our church's page, like our page, and that's fine. I, I'm glad we've got that kind of access into the world, but, but people get real comfortable hiding behind these other things. Well, they'll drive down that road. They'll see that we have a church over there, and they'll come to it. But what it takes is somebody that has experienced what God has done. Because people see all kind of, hey, how many billboards do you actually even pay attention to? You, you go to the places you know, where you've been. What, what, you know, well, there's a, there's a new billboard for a restaurant. That's great. Don't know if it's any good, never been there, but I'm going to where I know the steak is good. You know, steak is steak. I don't have to have a new steak house. If I got a good steak house, why am I going to go somewhere else? I know the steak's going to be good there. I've tasted and seen that it's good. And if I tell somebody, hey, you can go there, how do you know? Because I've been there. I can't tell you, hey, go try that restaurant. Is it good? Oh, yes, yeah, good. What did you get when you, oh, I ain't never been there. But the, got a nice billboard. Got a good social media page. You know, all these kind of things. Uh, testimony. We are overcomers. You know, almost immediately we, we think of the scripture in Revelation uh, since I think I gave you that, Revelation 12 and 11, this is the scripture we always think about when we think of testimony. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And then, but see, then we stop, but the key to this is the next sentence. And they loved not their lives unto the death. He's saying that something was done by the blood. That's what gave them the testimony. It changed their life. And then they loved not their old life. Their lives didn't mean anything else anymore. It was what Jesus did. It's what happened when the blood was applied to my life. It's what happened when I met Jesus 
in an altar somewhere of repentance. It's what happened when I went down in the water in his name. It's what happened when he filled me with the Holy Ghost. It's what happened when I started walking and living by his word. It's the change that happened. Lazarus was changed. And it's not just the word. It's the life we live after our new birth experience. Sure, you can tell people all day long, but if they can't see that Jesus has done something in your life, why are they going to believe it? But when they can see, you know, that's why you start. People, are, I'm so afraid to, to, to witness to anybody. Well, did you have any friends before you came to church? Sure you did. Start with the people who knew who you were. You know who was impacted uh, most by Lazarus in his testimony? Those that watched him get weak, get weaker, and die, and then come out of that grave. It was the people who had mourned for four days around that graveyard and all of a sudden watched him walk out. It was the, those that were closest to him. And you can start with the people who knew you were sorry and knew you was a drunk and knew you was a, 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 a fiend and all kinds of things. They, they knew how horrible you were and now they see you loving people and being nice to people and being responsible and, and doing the things that, well, what happened to you, Jesus, happened to me. I love Lazarus' testimony because he has nothing else to say. Well, the doctors did this. Somebody did this. Somebody was fasting. This. All he can say is, only thing I know, I died. And then I, next thing I know, I heard the voice of Jesus. And when I heard the voice of Jesus, I was made whole, and I came out of darkness into the marvelous light. That's all I can tell you. I'm so glad that I can tell people that Jesus is what happened to me. That's my testimony. Is that I, Sure, it's full of details of things that were uh, washed away in a lifestyle that was laid behind and it's now gone and dead and buried. I, I could stand here all, I could stand here the rest of our both services and tell you how God delivered me from all kind of things. But I can sum it all up like this. Jesus is what changed me. And for people who knew you and knew what you used to do, that, that's your answer. Jesus is what happened to me. This is the life that I live now. How come you don't go here anymore? Because Jesus happened to me. Why don't you do this stuff anymore? Because Jesus happened to me. It can't just be, oh, yeah, I, I, I'm a, I go to church now, or, or oh, I, I read the Bible, or, oh, I just believed something. They've got to see something. The power of your testimony, friend, let me tell you, it's not only going to be your word, it's going to be what they see from the individual that they have known. And when they know who you were and then they see who you are, they're going to know something different has happened. And in this story of, you know, I, you, know you would think, I'm, I'm sure Lazarus and Mary and Martha probably thought, man, everybody is probably super excited about this miracle. Everybody's not. Hey, everybody's not going to be excited about your miracle. A lot of people that you are close to won't be excited. If you was their running buddy, they ain't going to be excited no more because they just lost a running buddy unless they start running with you in church. Yeah. You can't go all in places anymore. You can't. You shouldn't. Shouldn't have been there to begin with. Why are you going to go somewhere Jesus died to save you from? You can't do that. Well, everybody should be uh, excited about this. I'm sure, could you imagine living in that town, knowing Lazarus and, and, and heard about his passing and all that? And it may, What if you hadn't heard yet about Lazarus being resurrected? One day you in the marketplace picking up apples and look across the counter and there stands Lazarus. What? What happened here? I heard you died. Matter of fact, that was, hey, that was several days. Did I hear it wrong? No, I died. Dead four days. Okay, Lazarus. No, really. I was. But have you heard about Jesus? You're talking about that guy that said doing the miracles and stuff? Yeah. He stopped by the graveyard, told him to roll the stone away. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. And next thing I know, my eyes was open. I was breathing. And I'm walking out of a tomb. Whew. I knew you was dead. 
And you say, Jesus? See, now they got something. You see, Lazarus already had a relationship with the Lord. And, and Jesus did something for Lazarus, and now Lazarus has got something to tell. And it ain't just a, a, a tall tale. This guy, these people know this is his town. This is people that know him. They, they are coming around to see Lazarus. Every, don't you know every time Lazarus walked in town, hey, there's that guy that was dead four days. Or every time he showed up in the synagogue, whoo, I'm going to go sit next to Lazarus. Might be something rub off. Some of that miracle rub off. You know you, you people do that in church. I'm sitting next to them folks that shout all the time. I might get something. I'm, I'm going to let them folks that speak in tongues all the time pray on me because that means something will get on. No. Listen, but, but everybody wasn't excited about it. They're sitting at this table. Lazarus is sitting with him, and everybody's there, but the, there's a lot of people that's like, we don't want to just kill Jesus. We need to kill Lazarus because Jesus is going to leave in a little bit, and he'll be gone, but Lazarus is going to be here. And everybody around here is starting to believe on Jesus because of Lazarus. We got to kill Lazarus. Lazarus had no idea. You're about to be dead again. Everybody's not excited about your conversion. Because they, but what are they going to say about it? They can't change it. It happened. It's true. He was dead. We know he was dead. We know. And a lot of them sitting around, I watched him walk out. I was there when they put him in. And then I watched him walk out. It can't be denied. Something great has happened. And I don't know why they were so, you know, maybe a lot of the Jewish people, they, even though it was wrong, they had a legitimate reason. It's because they didn't, they could not believe that the God they served was now wrapped in flesh. They, you know, they, they, they even thought he was guilty of heresy and blasphemy because he made himself God because he would say your sins be forgiven. They, they, maybe some of them were just jealous because they were now all this fame and notoriety was going to him and a lot of the power that they held in that region was dwindling away because people were beginning to follow the Lord. We got to stop this thing, man. We got we to gotta stop it. But Lazarus was now, he was a des- his little town was a little destination spot hey, let's go see that guy that was dead four days. I wonder how many people just knocked on his door. Is Lazarus here? I'm Lazarus. Just want to see you. Can I get an autograph? I don't know how you take a selfie in that day, but we get a selfie with Lazarus. Lazarus is alive. What a testimony. No greater than the testimony that God's given us. No greater than God resurrecting us out of that that life of sin, filling us with his spirit, changing our circumstances. And and Lazarus was openly, Lazarus didn't go back and and stay in the house or stay in the house. He was sitting out where people could see him. And hey, they all heard the talk that um, Jesus, they want to kill you. And Lazarus, they want to kill you too. He knew that people didn't like that but he did not hide because he had been resurrected. You don't get something from the Lord and then hide it. You know, you don't, you don't get uh, uh, something, you don't get born again. You don't, you don't get filled with the Holy Ghost and then go and put a, a lid on that well of living water. Friend, it, it, you're supposed to let it flow. We're supposed to be a light. Jesus said it like this, no man can, will take a candle and light it and then hide it under a bushel, but instead he'll set it up on a candlestick so it'll give light to everybody in the house. It ought to be sitting somewhere where everybody can be impacted by it. I'm going to tell you this again. Jesus did not do what he did for you so you could squirrel it away for a rainy day. You ain't heard me yet. I said he did not do what he did for you so you could make yourself out to, to be just the lone ranger. Who are we telling about Jesus? Sometimes we, 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 we act like, well, we just live for God and we don't have a testimony, but we have a testimony. And when we tell people about Jesus, that's telling them about our testimony because it was Jesus that did it. We can testify or talk about so many other things. When will the topic come back around to the Savior? 
When are we going to get back to that being the main? We all used to always say it at these conferences and, and all these meetings. Got to keep the main thing the main thing. Well, when is the main thing going to really become the main thing? When is going and preach the gospel to every creature going to get back? It's, you know, it's like the top 100. And somehow the commissions got, got down here. It needs to start climbing the charts again. So, so it used to be, that used to be number one, telling people about Jesus and saving the world. And it's down here around number 10 now. Now it's, uh, it's, it's, it's program and program and program and social media and conference and conference. And, and I can tell you, I love conferences. I love going to worship with a, a bunch of folks of like faith. I do. I love it. It, it. We need it. We need those kind of things, but I don't read nothing about the great conference. Go and have a conference yearly, saith the Lord. If you do it, praise God. We have one. We have anniversary services. We have regeneration. We do all those kind of things. That's great. But one, what, if there was, what if there was no church building? Is the church going to die? For lack of a building and a sanctuary and a sound system? Come on. Or what he did for us, is it going to come shooting out of our face? I don't need a building. I can still tell you about the Lord. We can go to the creek and I can baptize you. I can baptize you in the river. I can baptize you in a bathtub, in a swimming pool, in a watering trough. I can, I can find some. Man, the man on the, Philip and the man on the chariot. Hey, here's some water. Might have been a bunch of camels standing in it. I don't know. He didn't say, oh, he's got a, what's, what's hindering me now? Just a man having a conversation on a chariot. But he learned about Jesus. Philip didn't say, hey, you know what? You, what you ought to do is ride on back up here to Samaria with me where this big revival's going on. Hey, spin this chariot around. Let's head up here. I had some guys up there laying hands on people and they're getting the Holy Ghost. You ought to come on and see that. Because he had enough inside of him to do what Jesus wanted him to do. And you've got enough inside of you to do what Jesus called us to do. You can tell somebody about the Lord. Uh, it don't, hey, it don't take a card. It don't take a license. It don't take any of that to tell somebody about the Lord. It don't. It don't. I love our organization. I'm thankful to be a part of the fellowship of it. But I was preaching long before. I was ever ordained in, uh, by the UPCI. Uh, I, I was preaching and testifying and, and telling people about the Lord and what he had done. I, I, I felt like Lazarus a little bit, I guess. Some people, oh, that's nice. Some people are like, I don't want to hear it. I got, I got to go. I'd start talking to some folks I used to run with and start to tell them about the Holy Ghost. Man, it's good to see you. I got to get going. I want to hear about the Holy Ghost. I want to hear about uh, people getting changed and God doing things in their lives. Some of them just don't want to hear it. But there were others who were like, what happened to you? And that's where you tell them. You tell you, your family uh, will see it first. My family saw it first. And wow, what's going on with him? What happened to him? Listen, we've got to tell somebody. We've got to tell somebody about the Lord. That's, we have experienced the resurrection power of Jesus. We are not supposed to hide it away. We're not supposed to be quiet about those things. You know, so many times we think, I don't, have no, I don't know enough Bible to talk to nobody. Do you know what Jesus did for you? <laughs> were you, you know, we sing the song, you should, you should have been there when I came through. I want to ask some people, were you even there when you came through? Because you act like nothing ever happened. Well, I don't know how to quote scripture. Do you know how to tell somebody that you got down and prayed? That you, I, I told people after I, that night I came to the altar, I said, you know what? I said, this is the only thing I know that I can say that makes any sense. It was God. Well, what do you mean? I don't know what I mean. I just know that what I felt, I have never felt anywhere. And I do not know how to tell you how when the creator touches his creation that you just know that's your creator. I said, I don't know how to, but that's what I knew. My, something on the inside that had never woke up, woke up and said, I know him. And I said, so all I can do is tell you it was God. 
Well, now you got my curiosity up. Maybe I ought to come down there to the, well, come on, let's go. Because I, I can take you to somebody that can probably tell you a little more. But all I can tell you is what happened to me. It don't matter if they believe it or not. You know what happened to you. You know, some people just, you tell them something, that, you know. Uh, well, you know, there's, there's few people in the world, they, they, they realize there's something missing in my life, and they start searching and studying and reading. And, man, they'll, they'll pick a Bible up and read right into the truth. I've heard testimonies of people say, I didn't know the Lord, I didn't even go to church, but I had a Bible that was my granddaddy's, and I just pulled it open, started reading one day, and, and I realized I needed the Lord, and I read about salvation. Next thing you know, I was filled with the Holy Ghost, and, you know, and they read themselves. They searched it and found it right for themselves. And, and man, that's awesome. But that don't always happen. There's a, have anybody ever read the book, The Case for Christ? You ever read that? You know, it's about a, a reporter. His name was Lee Strobel. And he was a journalist, and he was an atheist. But he said, I'm going to use my journalistic skills to search out this Christianity thing and find out about it. And the more he researched and the more he studied, he found out that Jesus was the Savior and that everybody needed the Lord. And that he wrote about it in that book, The Case for Christ. He, he studied himself right into it. He, I'm sure he went into it to disprove it, but he didn't. But for every one of those people like that, there's a thousand more that will never, ever take the initiative. Even with that hunger inside of them, that, that won't even be enough to drive them to, to search out and find the Lord. But what they will do is they'll listen to somebody that they know, tell them this is what happened. And they don't, maybe sometimes it won't even have to be somebody they really, really know if it's humble and sincere. They'll listen to what you've got to say and it will cause them to say, hey, you know, maybe I should uh, try this Jesus out. Maybe I should uh, do this too. The Bible says he that winneth souls is wise. Well, how do we win souls? We're bringing them to church. Well, sure. But a lot of times people bring people to church so they can give them to the pastor. Hey, pastor, come here. I want you to meet my buddy. How you doing? Okay, y'all have a good conversation. And leave me with your buddy. Save him, pastor. Teach him a Bible study, pastor. Pray with him, pastor. Well, sure, I will. What you going to do? I'm just going to watch and see what happens. Well, why don't you teach them a Bible study? Why don't you pray with them? How come you ain't praying through the whole? How come you ain't baptizing them? Well, you mean you can baptize people if you ain't licensed? <laughs> if, you believe, if you think that, I want you in the next class uh, Bible study and Bible skills 101. We're going to talk about some things because, listen, he that believeth is baptized, when we're baptized, we're saved. We're filled with the Holy Ghost when we believe in the Lord. You know, if you've got the Holy Ghost and you've been born again, what, why would you think you could baptize somebody else? All them people running around in Israel after the day of Pentecost, folks getting baptized on every street corner. You think every one of them was called and licensed. No, there was new, new converts baptizing new converts because it was about the faith they were having. He that wins souls is wise. Well, how do, we, how do we win souls? By telling others what Jesus has done for us and then living that life in front of them, not just uh, saying that something happened, but actually letting them figure this thing out too. Let them see what he has done. Sometimes, friend, let me tell you, your word, you... Oh, I don't know how to say much. And, and, you know, people don't really look up to me and, and really don't think I'm all that much. And I, you know, I'll probably just mess up and fumble over my words. And, and uh, you know, somebody, there's got to be somebody else that can come along and be, do a better job. You'd be surprised just by what you say. You can hook them. The Bible says we'll be fishermen of men. And I, maybe sometimes we are throwing a net, but I believe sometimes, man, it, it's got to be hook, line, and sinker. And sometimes just what you've got to say will be the right bait on that hook to get them to Jesus. There was a woman in the scripture, and we, she's very familiar to us, John chapter 4. Anybody know who I'm talking about? You had five husbands, but the one you're with now ain't your husband. 
wonder what people thought about her. But after she met with Jesus and he began to talk to her about living water and tell her all the things that she ever did uh, in verse number 39, this is what it says. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman, the woman who didn't have a good reputation, the woman that didn't, she was at the well by herself in the middle of the day because that way she wouldn't have to run into nobody. This woman uh, testified. She testified. She testified to people that she knew. How long has it been since you testified to somebody you know? She said, he told, here's her, here's her testimony. He told me all that I ever did. That's her testimony. And it said that many of them believed on him because of, he told me all that I ever did. So we probably don't look at that thing. Well, she didn't say nothing about drugs or alcohol or being in prison or she didn't say nothing about any of that. She didn't say nothing about this. He told me all I ever did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him, stay with us a couple of days and he abode there two days. And then many more believed because of his own word. Now they're listening to Jesus and then they say to the woman who started this whole thing, now we believe. And not because of thy saying, for we, for we have heard him ourselves. Now that doesn't mean they're just discounting her saying. They're saying, now we've heard him ourselves. Yeah. But it was because of you that we ever came to hear him ourselves. Yeah. Right. And now we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. She experienced it. She told somebody about it. Now they're experiencing it. The testimony. The testimony has, has lost ground in this movement. We're, we've tried to do it so much excellent and so much better, which we should. We ought to do everything as great as we can. That we've left out the simplest of things that is so powerful, our testimony. Each and every one of us has our own individual testimony. And guess what? She didn't have to. She just had to say, hey, he told me all I ever did. Well, they, they knew all she had been doing. She was from their town. Ooh. Yeah, but he also offered her living water. And sometimes you can just tell people, say, he forgave me of all I ever did. And people that know you think, wow, because I was with you, a lot of that stuff's on my list. So if he can help do it for you, right. That's exactly right. He can do it for you too. Come on. People, listen. Everybody may not believe what you say. They may debate you on theology things and, and doctrine and they may be so engrafted in their traditions that they don't want to change churches or, or even listen to anything else. The spiritual experiences of their youth have caused them to just fall asleep and they're comfortable with, uh, hey, I got saved when I was six because I repeated the prayer somewhere and I don't need to do nothing else. But they can never, ever take away what Jesus did for you. There, no amount of doubt can change your testimony. No matter who doesn't believe Lazarus did come out of that grave. Nobody can doubt the impact that Jesus had had on Lazarus. And because of that, people were believing. People were starting to come to the Lord. People were following him. No one can argue against your personal experience. I don't believe in speaking in tongues. Okay. But I still speak in tongues. I don't believe God fills people with the Holy Ghost. Don't want to tell you. Because I've watched it happen more times than I can count now in my life. I've watched it happen while people were praying. I've watched it while people were praying by themselves. I've watched kids, three-year-old. Y'all remember uh, Kenley? standing by herself, three years old, standing right in the front, choir singing, tears pouring down her face. Nobody praying with nobody beside her going, come on, darling, come on, darling. Nobody said, standing there crying, look down, she's just speaking in tongues, three years old. 
tears pouring down her face. So you come too late to tell me he don't do it because <laughs> I've seen him do it. And so I know what he can do. And uh, can you imagine somebody saying, that? well, I don't believe he raises people from the dead. <laughs> you want to see, touch and feel that, you know. What do you want me to say? I know what Jesus does. And people that know you and know who you were, Paul said there's a great list and such were some of you. Well, now they need to say who you are. Who are you now? What are you doing now to let that light shine? You know, in Mark chapter 5, Jesus comes up upon a man with a legion of devils. And everybody in that region knew that guy. Yeah, we've been up there, tied him up. I don't know how many times. He always breaks loose. Wailing, crying, cutting himself. I wish he'd put some clothes on. It's plumb embarrassing. You know, there he is. Everybody knows him. He comes to Jesus. Jesus casts the devils out. Here comes all these people up. And they find this man sitting and clothed and in his right mind. They can see that something has happened. And the people that, had, that was watching the pigs that the devils went into and run off in the, in the water were like, this is what happened. That guy right there cast them devils out into our herd. Now our herd's gone. And hey, get out of here, Jesus. <laughs> go. <laughs> they, want, they, they want him to go. Well, the guy, he said, well, can I go with you, Jesus? And Jesus said, no, you can't. He suffered him not. He said, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord hath done for thee and how he hath had compassion on thee. You think all his friends going to bite? Some of them probably shut the door in his face, just like they'll do to you and I. But that's what we do. Because when they saw him coming, everybody didn't run out there, but just think when he comes walking into town, what you doing in town? They're saying, well, you, you live in the tombs. What are you doing with clothes on? Something's different. Yeah, Jesus is different. What? What do you mean? Well, Jesus landed on, on our shore, walked down through there, cast them devils out of me. I'm fine. Where are you going? I'm going to my house. Surely the guy had a place to live, some family or something around there. You know what I mean? You're not going back to the graveyard? No, I don't live there no more. I've been delivered of that. That's where the man with the devils lived. I ain't the man with the devils no more. Yeah, when, when those things from your past are gone, then you live with everybody else. But go tell your friend. How long has it been since you told your friend something other than your favorite fishing spot? How long has it been since you talked to your friend about something other besides deer hunting or turkey hunting or NASCAR or football? How long has it been since you talked to your friend about something besides, oh, they cute. <laughs> How long has it been since you told your friends about the great things that Jesus has done for you? Well, I, I don't have to tell them. Yeah, you do. You have to tell them. You got to tell them. That's your testimony. It's what God done for you. We need to tell people about Jesus. You know, and, and nobody could deny what had happened to that man with the legion of devils. They knew it. They said, there's the man that had the devils and now he's clothed, right mind, sitting at the feet of Jesus. And we can't deny it. There's Lazarus. He was dead four days, stinking. I was there when they rolled the stone away. You could smell it when they rolled that stone away. But then all of a sudden, Jesus, Lazarus come forth and that smell was gone. And Lazarus comes shuffling out in them grave clothes. There he was. It was Lazarus. Can't deny it. John chapter 9, there was a man who was born blind. And when Jesus performed the miracle, put the uh, mud on his eyes, the clay on his eyes, he made with the spit, told him to go wash, he washed, he came back seeing. Now everybody's saying, wow, check this miracle out. And the Jews again, they're not happy because everybody's like, look at this miracle, look at this miracle. And 
It's the Sabbath day. You ain't supposed to get better on the, on the Lord's day. My goodness. Why would you get better on the Lord's day? You know, go get your donkey out of the ditch, but leave, you know, let the blind man stay blind, you know, whatever. You know, so here he is. They're upset about it. So now they're questioning the guy, and they don't like the answers they're getting, and they're telling him, well, you know, this man's a sinner because he healed on the Sabbath, and you give the glory to God. And the man said, look, I don't know if he's a sinner or not. This is what he said. But what I do know, I know one thing. Whereas I was blind, now I see. And could nobody argue. They called his parents. Is this your boy that was born blind? That's him. We don't know what happened. But that's him. Ask him. They were scared. They don't want to get kicked out of the synagogue. Don't, don't, we're not in this. He's, he's of age. Ask him. So they asked him. He said, why are you asking me again? He said, you're going to be his disciples? <laughs> cast him out. They said, cast him out. Threw him out for his testimony. But when it says when Jesus heard that he was cast out, he went and found him. Jesus is not going to do a work like that and leave you alone. Okay, don't worry about who puts you out after that. There'll always be the Lord. He'll be there. Paul said, in my first answer, all men forsook me, but the Lord didn't. God will stay with you. And let me tell you, the guys I used to run with, they don't sit in here today. I love them. Wish they would. But, boy, look at all these people that do sit in here. Look at all these people God put in my life. And this is just a fraction of them. Uh, you're not going to be without. So you tell somebody about the Lord. Many people will listen and be drawn to Jesus by your words. Your testimony does have power. And whoever's playing music, come on and see me. Three things you can do when you're going to testify. This, this will, so you don't, this will kind of help give you a little guideline. Remember, think about what was your life like before you were saved. Think about that. What, what was your life like? What, what in your life before Christ will relate most to who you're talking to? You're talking to people you used to run with? Well, you've got a whole lot of things to talk about. So think about what your life was like before you were saved and then how were you saved? Was it in a church service? Did somebody give you an individual Bible study? Did you read yourself in the truth? What, how, how did you come across the gospel? What did you do when you first? Did you, at first you'd be like, that ain't for me. Or did you just like, this is what I've been looking for? You know, figure that out. How were you saved then? Now, what has your life been like since you've been saved? What are the things that, that you used to crave that you don't crave anymore? And what, or what are the things that you crave now that you never craved before? What, tell, you know, what, what is it now? What, what has changed? What, what's different? What has Jesus done? What, you know, what's been the challenges of walking in this new life? What do you face? What do you, what do, you do? But this is your testimony. is what you were before how you were saved and what it's been like since you've been saved. What has your life been like since Jesus came into your life? Well, mine's uh, sweeter as the days go by. Trials and tests, sure. Fiery darts, absolutely. Sister Everhart used to say, it's not roses all the way, but it's roses all along the way. Be, you know, there's going to be those times of... of heartache and pain. There'll be some tears shed walking this life carrying that cross, sure. But let me tell you, there's a Jesus knew also about the cross and the pain and the suffering that it would bring, but he also knew there was joy. And the joy was so great that he endured the pain and the suffering. He endured the cross. He endured the shame of it for the joy, it said, that was set before him. So there's nothing better to me than telling somebody what Jesus did for me and, and watch them think that's what I've been looking for. Nothing greater than to share your testimony. There's people around us today, they're lost in the, in the truest sense of the word. That's how I was. That's how you were. We were lost. Could not get to heaven on our own. No way to save ourselves. Nowhere what, where to turn. But then Jesus, 
I don't know what Lazarus, I don't know what his last thought was. It doesn't say. Maybe he's, I guess Mary and Martha, maybe we're in the room with him. He's struggling with his last breath and finally just takes that last breath and he's gone. Knowing what he was thinking. But could you imagine what it was like to hear that voice and it snap you back to life? A four-day-old body suddenly made whole. I don't believe, I don't, let's say Lazarus was 40 when he died. I don't know how old he was. I don't think that Lazarus got 40-year-old parts when God resurrected him. I don't think he gave, if, if Lazarus had a bad kidney or something when he, was, when he died, I don't think God just resurrected him and said, yeah, you're alive, but your kidney's still bad. Whole. I think he was whole. I think everything yeah. worked just as perfectly as it could work. Blood was flowing right. Blood pressure was right. Everything heart pumping right. Nothing wrong with him at all. Nothing resurrected him from the dead. He didn't come dragging out, limping out, crawling out. He was whole. That's what the Lord does for you. So imagine when he heard Lazarus come forth and all of a sudden, where am I? And the only thing he can do is look for the light. And there it is. Let's stand together this morning. I, I, I believe it. I believe that our testimony is so so valuable that, that it would be shared in that last book of the Bible when he's talking about these people that overcame the devil by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. There's just something. You know, even the devil can't do nothing against your testimony. We have so many people that, that God does this miraculous thing, the devil starts saying, God didn't really do nothing. And then they believe it. But you're different. If you, you have to sit them down and say, okay, let's make a list. Do you do what you used to do? No. Do you go to church? Yeah. Do you pray? Yeah. Do you fast? Yeah. Do you read your Bible? Yeah. Do you love Jesus? Yeah. Did you do all that before? No. The devil's a liar and the father of lies. He, he can't tell the truth. When he speaks, it's a lie. There's no truth in him. And even the devil can't do nothing against your testimony. You didn't really get the Holy Ghost. Well, I was speaking in tongues. Nah, you wouldn't. Do. He just wants to confuse you, discourage you, drag you out. But you'll overcome him by your testimony. So he comes to me, I'm like, no, fella. <laughs> you saw what happened in 1993 too and I ain't the same man I was I ain't punched nobody <laughs> since 1993 92 <laughs> I ain't had a drop not a drop to drink since these Oh, January of 1993. I have not had, I have not smoked one thing. And I didn't smoke cigarettes. I have not smoked one thing since 1993. I know what God did for me. I know, and I know that he did more than just the, some of the outward stuff that, the habits that he broke I'm talking about he changed the person. I, 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 well, I'm at the end. I got to stop. I can't, I can't, I can't tell you. I, honestly, I'd rather, rather you never knew who I was before. I'm glad that most of you, except for my brother, and he's sworn to secrecy, that's in here today that knew me before, the kind of person I was. But I wasn't the kind of person that would preach to people. And I wasn't the kind of people that would have even cared if you went to heaven or hell. Matter of fact, I was most of the time telling people where to go. (laughs) 
in them days. But this is what Jesus will do. This is what the Lord will do. There ain't nothing can happen that can ever make me doubt him because I know what he's done for me. He'll do it for you. Let's share our testimony. Make it a point this week somehow to work it around to telling somebody about Jesus. You don't have to go into a bunch of gory details. Just tell somebody, Jesus has been good to me. You know, this is next Sunday, Easter Sunday, big big Sunday. Everybody dress nice and come to church and take pictures. But I would, that God, that next week that the altars would be full of people praying and repenting and being baptized and being filled with the Holy Ghost and, and just messing them Easter clothes all up. We need, we need some Easter pictures that's like people's hairs down, sweating through your coat, eyes bloodshot from crying. You know, we, we need more than a ceremony. We need to move the Lord. I would, there'd be a lot of testimonies after next week's service. Praise God. Let's lift our hands and just love him and pray for a moment. Lord, we love you. Thank you for what you've done. Mm. God, you changed us in so many ways. Truly, we are a new creature when we come to you. Lord, I'm thankful today that old things are passed away and all things are made new. Lord God, by your power, use us. Use us, Lord, to reach this world, to tell somebody. Oh God, you give us a testimony. We've been delivered. We've overcome. You've saved us, God. You've filled us, Lord. You've washed us, Lord. Oh, God, I praise you. Praise your name, Jesus. Oh, come on, you hear that? That's a testimony coming up out of you. That's a testimony coming up out of you. That's God filling you with his spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If you're glad about what he's done, go on and clap your hands to him this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God's good to us. Looking forward to God moving in this next service. Let's find a place to pray. Man, just worship the Lord and get ready for God to speak to you today. God bless you.